1: Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is Sophia Renea Morales, as he just said. And today we are going to discuss the revelation of self, moving from chaos into purpose. And our guest today is Justin Williams. But before I get around to introducing him, I would like to introduce you to yourself. Uh, We all come here with special gifts that are uniquely designed for our purpose and our challenges in our life. And so often it's easy to not realize what your particular giftedness is because it's like breathing. And so I created the, what is your number one spiritual superpower gift? To give you insight into the giftedness that is you, the specialness that you bring to the world. Um, Because you live with it all day, you see it all day, and it seems normal to you. And it's oftentimes hard to realize exactly how special that is until someone stands as a mirror for you. So I created this this quiz to stand as a mirror for you. You can find that at superpowerquiz.us. And uh, I would invite you to spend a minute to invest in yourself so that you can better serve the world. Our guest today is Justin Williams. He is the host of the Hidden Gateway podcast, the executive director for Tangelic, a board member with the fund for empowerment and the author of In the Eye of the Father, a memoir of faith and redemption. Justin's complex challenges in his youth, including a near death experience, were the catalyst to stepping into his purpose, a spiritual rebirth that changed the projection of his life deep introspection made him realize he had a unique set of gifts to share with others, which led him to start the Hidden Gateway podcast. The experiences Justin had, instead of debilitating him, forged him into the man he is today that propelled him on the path of understanding, teaching, and healing. His fundamental belief, which he works on relentlessly, is that all of us can transform ourselves and move beyond self-imposed limitations. And in developing ourselves, we initiate change in the world and the people around us. At the core of Justin's mission is his love of spreading wisdom and knowledge, to launch one's path to self-knowledge and incorporate the divine wisdom, wisdom, I can't say it today, come on, divine whispers, there we go, that always lie in our hearts. Welcome, Justin, I'm so happy to have you here with me today.
2: Hello, Sophia. I'm so happy to be with you. Thank you so much for um, inviting me to be a guest on your show. This is great.
1: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to our conversation. We had an amazing talk on your show, The Hidden Gateway, a few weeks back. Yes, and we I'm did. very excited to dig into your story here on Sovereign Self.
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely. So
1: I love reading all of these bios that the guests bring, uh, because they're always so impressive. Uh, but on the flip side of that, it can also be a little bit intimidating. So before you were executive directors and board members and published authors and podcast hosts, what was life like for you before you awakened?
2: Well, life was very chaotic for me before I awakened, Um, and I also lived with a lot of fear, you know. And um, a lot of this was was contributed to to my childhood. I suffered a lot of trauma um, in my youth at the hands of my my biological father. Um, He was um, very abusive, both physically as well as psychologically. And I tell people all the time um, the the physical abuse. Uh, obviously was was never fun but those bruises and scars would eventually go away but it was the right. psychological abuse that had the the greatest impact
1: yeah it leaves me. lasting ramifications yeah
2: right 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 so um i now have been very blessed very fortunate to be in a place where i don't Uh, Deal with that chaos and that confusion in my life. Uh, You know, of course, it, it tries me and the fear, you know, comes up from time to time. But I have a much better understanding and I understand its purpose. And I now understand my purpose in what I am to do with my life, which which I've been doing for the last few years here. So um, that has bought a a great amount of grounding. So I'm I'm definitely uh, well grounded in in myself, as I've learned about myself and my purpose over the years.
1: Yeah. Um, Bring us back into that childhood and. Tell us a little bit about as a man, what you noticed the echoes of having been through that were for you. What are some of the symptoms, if you will, that perhaps there's something there that needs to be looked at or healed?
2: Well, you know, um, one of the very first things that, that come to mind is, um, uh, I had an issue setting boundaries with people. I was this people pleasing person mm-hmm. and I found myself quite often in situations that were uncomfortable, ignoring my feelings, and putting the feelings of others before mine. And I don't want people to take that the wrong way because it's it's great to do for others and it's great to be nice to others. But if if you don't know how to be nice to yourself or, or let alone love yourself, right? Then you, at least I did, I found myself in positions where even though I was helping others and, and being a good servant to others, I would at times, a lot of the time, put people's thoughts and feelings before mine. And I mean, you know, doing things and saying things when I didn't feel like it. And then I got to a point after I went through my healing process and I realized it's, it's okay to say, no, it's okay to set boundaries. You know, it's okay not to be liked by everybody.
1: Let let me ask you, where is that line for you? Right? Because it's, it's important for us to be, what do I want to say, polite and civil and respectful of the people around us. Mm-hmm. Where is the line between that and becoming a doormat?
2: Well, that, that's a great question, Sophia. I, I would say the line for me is using my my wisdom and my ability to to read people, because everyone that is looking for help or support they, they necessarily don't need it and they necessarily don't need it from me. Um, I, I think that a lot of people, um, you know, they, they need to look within first um, mm-hmm. before looking, you know, external for help. Um, and, and with knowing that, you know, I, I do know that we, we all have suffered some form of trauma at some point in our lives. Typically, it's it's in our younger years, but I think most people that are are healthy mentally healthy psychologically um they they come to the realis- realization of things that that i have But um, and and a lot of that has to do with my environment, too. Right. So I was I was uh, raised in the Metro Detroit area. And I don't know how much you know about Metro Detroit. (laughs)
1: Yeah, kind of uh, (laughs) urban wasteland (laughs) in a lot of ways, especially when it came to employment for young men. Yes.
2: Right. Right. And I've traveled pretty extensively throughout the country, uh, you know, a lot of major cities and and have spent some extensive time in, in, in major cities here in our in our beautiful country. And, uh, you know, the Metro Detroit area is a very unique place. And it's a place where you have to keep your head on a swivel and you you can't be very trusting. Mm. And it seems like a lot of people are, are you know, looking to take advantage of, of, of others and, and even beat the system. So um, being raised in that environment, I always, you know, had my guard up. And then being raised, I was raised by my father. That just amplified things. Yeah, that doesn't promote <laughs> trust
1: either, does it?
2: Exactly. <laughs> (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, I I have this, you know, this unique ability to to know when people are not being solid or legit if you will with me you know yeah. i trust my intuition and I, I i've had that for a very long time but
1: well you needed it to survive yes yes absolutely
2: absolutely absolutely but I, i've learned to listen to that inner man that intuition now and, and and trust it and and not allow myself to be put in positions where i'm being taken advantage of so um and, and as you mentioned a few minutes ago it's, it's about respect right respect is a two-way street and i'm yeah. i'm very picky and very selective in regards to who I let in and into my space and who I give my energy to as well, because I've learned that that you have narcissists out here, you have people that are energy vampires, and I I cannot allow myself to be in a position where people attempt to drain my energy. And that goes for for any and everybody, whether it be be family or friends, you know? Yeah,
1: exactly. And it doesn't matter what part of the, what I want to say, the enlightenment spectrum, someone says that they are on. <laughs> There's still this distribution of, of narcissists and things that show up in that um, because the ego does like the idea of, oh, I'm enlightened and I'm more righteous than you are, right? (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) So just because someone says they're enlightened doesn't necessarily mean they actually are. (laughs) That is the truth, so well said.
2: That that is the truth. That is definitely something I've learned over the last several years here.
1: Absolutely. So a lot of us go through some very difficult things in childhood. Um, Give us an example of something that was emblematic for you of the way you were raised the childhood you experienced
2: yeah so you know again with my father he he was a marine and um he was also an alcoholic you know very abusive and he expected my brother and I to be men at a very young age and when I say young I mean five six seven eight nine ten years oh, old oh
1: wow yeah uh, five-year-olds yeah. are definitely yeah. not they're very squarely in the child category <laughs>
2: exactly yes yes and and if if our behaviors did not align with what he expected, that is when he would uh all hell would break loose if you will but my father he was a very very complex man though because i can i can tell you about all these bad evil challenging things that he did in in my life but there was another side of him right to him i should say i liken it to a, a dr jekyll mr hyde if you will you know he could be the the meanest guy ever very abusive but on the other hand he could be the nicest guy you want to meet. Literally, would would give you the shirt off his back type guy. You know, would yeah. do for anyone. But you know, only only there were only a handful of people that that knew his other side, right? This mm. this dark side. So, um, but
1: I and that's got to be especially crazy making.
2: Yeah,
1: every, everybody on Earth is thinking your dad is the most amazing man on Earth, and you yeah. know yeah. that he has moments when he is most definitely not.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and as you can imagine, it was very confusing. You know, I, I used to see this, this one side of him in front of other people, but then I would see this other side of him uh, quite often at home. And, you know, I as a kid, I, I, I would say to myself, wow, I just wish I could have this dad over here. The, the, the person, that the persona he puts out to the world, like that's yeah. me, this kind, <laughs> loving guy, you know, uh, but I, I didn't always get that. I got that some, but I, I didn't always get that. So it was very confusing and, and obviously um, I developed trust issues, you know, not only with him, but with other people in my life as well that that caused me to have uh, different issues as as a kid and as a young adult as well prior to going through my um, my healing journey, if you will. But uh, as as far as, you know, uh, traumatic events, if you will, I, you know, I I remember, you know, um, running up to my dad at three years old. You know, when he came home from work in in the afternoon, daddy, daddy, I love you. He literally picks me up and throws me down on the ground. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember being beat for about 20, 30 minutes with a four inch leather belt at the age of five, you know, Mm -hmm. where I literally had golf ball size welts and bruises all over my body. Um, I remember seeing him chase my mom out, out of our house at five, six years old with a knife, literally with the intention to kill her. That was what he wanted to do. And I thank God for my grandmother to this day. That uh, she was able to talk him down. He he called her, and she was she was definitely able to talk him down. Um, I remember in middle school, uh, one time where I was uh, told to take a shower um, and be showered by the time he arrived home from work, which I, which I didn't do, and uh, he washed my head in the sink and poured boiling oil over my head as a, as a moisturizer for my hair, you know?
1: Yeah. What hair is left after that?
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I remember seeing him jump on my brother, you know, and, um, beat him up pretty badly and and literally tell him, I disown you as my son. And my brother was about 12, 13 years old at the time.
1: Holy buckets. Yeah. Yeah
2: and i remember seeing seeing him fight my my other older brother who who's older than the brother i just mentioned um and then countless 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 hours of sitting on the couch with him watching tv while he's drunk and him telling me that i won't be successful and or just literally You know, um, talking about my mother in the worst way possible, you know, and just that that psychological abuse, that that negativity, that toxic toxicity that uh, I had to sit through for hours of hours of 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 the day, um, in the evening, or even on the weekends, that the the type of effect that had on me was just it was horrible.
1: Yeah, that's really really intense, just the handful of things you've described there. And I'm sure the list goes on a great deal longer than that.
2: It sure does. Yes.
1: How how do you start to build trust in others after you've had such a trust shattering experience with your father figure?
2: Well, you know, for me, it was learning to love myself, you know, because as much trauma and pain that my father put me through. I always loved him. I never stopped loving my dad. Um, and I never held a grudge against him either, you know, but on the other hand, I didn't feel loved by him. Mm -hmm. And I wanted that so bad. I wanted my dad to come to my football games. I wanted my dad just to say, I'm proud of you, son. I wanted my dad to show me how to change a tire, you know, or, or tell me about girls or have the birds and bees talk. Yeah,
1: about exactly. Or just <laughs> give you an attaboy, right? Yeah. Job.
2: Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I, I never received any of that. And um, which caused me to feel less than. Right. Yeah. And and really killed my confidence because not only was he this abusive guy but he was also very controlling right and and his mantra was always child is to be seen and not heard so i couldn't express myself i didn't learn how to express myself until i became an adult oh wow so in a sense i've had i had these and
1: go you that you learn to do it because many of us learn to just remain silent.
2: Yes, yes. Which which obviously led to my issues for not setting boundaries and not speaking yeah, up to myself. Exactly, because you can't set
1: a boundary if you can't share. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, so learning to yeah. love
2: myself. Yeah, I had to learn to do that.
1: Was there a particular event that was catalytic in learning to love yourself? I, I know you had told me before the show that you went down a a very bad path. This is not uncommon for young men in disadvantaged portions of society getting involved with the wrong people and going down those kind of bad paths. So, what, what changed it for you? What started to turn it?
2: Well, you know, it was my son being born. I was a, I was a young father at 19. You know, I, I was living in, in metro Detroit and, uh, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old, hanging out till three, four in the morning, drinking, smoking. Um, but then, you know, 19, my son was born. And, I always told myself, you know, and he he wasn't planned, but I always told myself whenever I was to um have have a child that I was going to devote all my time and energy to loving him and and being there for him. you know I
1: love so, that, yeah. I love that, and I want to hear more about specifically how this plays out, but we are up on our first break already, so I would like to invite you. Uh, listeners who are out there, grab your pen, grab your piece of paper. I would invite you to spend some time with the hard things, the things you have been healing from, and I would invite you to step out of the pattern of, well, this ruined me in this way, and take a look at what that may have opened up for you. What possibilities opened up for you because you went through that hardship? Because the only way you build strength is by lifting heavy things. Mm -hmm. So make your list of heavy things and then make a list of the strengths that you developed from lifting those heavy things and hang with us, we'll be right back from the break. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renee Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to TellZofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A.com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's TellZofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. In a Realm is a free monthly holistic health magazine that promotes total health and wellness of body, mind, and spirit. We're a much-loved community resource for both alternative and traditional healing. We're in our 24th year of educating our readers about innovative therapies aimed at stress reduction, emotional healing, diet modification, energy healing, body movement therapies like yoga and tai chi, and so much more. Restore your soul, find your balance, and elevate your life with Inner Realm. Find us at innerrealmmagazine.com get unchained tune in every monday for jane unchained on the voice america influencers channel Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales. I am still here with Justin Williams. And before the break, he was sharing that his son had been a real motivating and turning point for him, the birth of his son, that pulled him off of this path of self-destruction that he was on and uh, helped him to right the ship. Uh, Before we go into that, I asked the listeners to do some self-reflection over the break about the strengths that came out of lifting these difficult traumas from their childhood. So I'm gonna ask you to answer that question before we swing into your son. What were some of the strengths that you developed from having gone through that very challenging childhood?
2: Wow, that is an excellent question, Sophia. Uh, Some of the strengths that I developed was learning, actually learning how strong I am and learning that Um, no matter what type of challenge that I face in my life, I certainly have the strength to work through it. And to add, I learned that nothing in life happens to me. It happens for me.
1: Mm -hmm. That's an important mental shift to make Mm -hmm. because making that one shift takes you out of victim mode and into survivor and eventually thriver mode because you can ask life to answer any question you want and you can ask questions that will run you down and you can ask questions that will lift you up and that is a question that most definitely lifts you up how does this serve me
2: yes i love it i love it and for me a huge part of it was Um, Reprogramming of the mind My mindset, right? And I think you touched on it Just a bit right there You know, I could have After, you know I I came to a realization I had a choice to make It was almost as if It was a fork in the road I could continue down this path Of self-destruction This path of chaos, confusion And not knowing Or I could go the other way And choose healing And that's exactly what I did I chose the healing path It's, for me And I think a lot of people that's the most difficult path because that's the path of the unknown. You already know what you're getting going the other way, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. You've (laughs) seen it with your parents and your siblings and, and your community at large oftentimes, right? Because we we become the people we associate with most. And to become something different, you have to make some very strong choices about who you associate with and why you're associating with them. And a lot of times you get a lot of guff from the yep. people around you. It's like, why yes. Why are you going off and doing that?
2: Right. That is the truth. And I have experienced that a lot from uh, a lot of people, some of the people that I at one time considered uh, that were closest to me. You know, when you when you start making these changes and people see that you're going in a different path and your behaviors are different. From what they're used to some people freak out you know mm-hmm. some people you know fear they and they don't know how to deal with it and they start acting very very weird
1: yeah know? and they they fear for you as much as they do for themselves right because you're an important part of the fabric of their world <laughs> yes yes, and and they're very concerned about what that's going to do to you and then by extension their world yes. and then
2: some of those people get mad as well because oh yeah they They were so used to me being a certain way. in in a nutshell, just taking advantage of me, having their way with me.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, why, why, why would you change? You know, it's been, you're always there to loan me 20 bucks when I need 20 bucks. You're always there to give me a ride when I'm on a ride. You know, it's like, yeah, no, I'm not Uber. (laughs) That's
2: right. That's right. And And I'm
1: not your bank.
2: (laughs) Right. (laughs) There you go. There you go. So just being comfortable with, the new me, the the, yeah. rebirth, the new Justin is is something that uh, took some time, but, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it couldn't be any other way.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of time, right, we're in this microwave society and people are like, oh, were you different overnight? How long did it take, Justin, to get to this point where it's like, OK, I can really see this as as. A situation where i can ask legitimately first question how does this serve me as opposed to oh man this fucking sucks
2: right right <laughs> well you know it, it, the shift started with me you know when my son was born i was 19 and i i traveled this path of this journey of uh learning about myself but i took a pretty pretty strong pivot in 2015 ish Mm-hmm. you know i was uh with my wife we were riding riding in the car this is when we lived in california we went to la to visit my brother we're on our way back to san diego and my father comes up we start talking about my father why i don't remember but he yeah
1: me. well but of course he's going to be a topic between you and your brother
2: <laughs> yeah yeah and so i'm we're riding in the car and then my wife says you know your father wasn't that great of a man And the thing about my father, uh, you know, obviously I, I suffered all this traumatic, all this trauma and abuse from him. But again, in my mind, you know, he was a great dad. Why? Because... You know, he taught me a lot and there was love there, too. He taught me how to be a man. He taught me how to respect myself. You know, all those good qualities that that come from being in the military. Right.
1: Right. Right.
2: You know, is is, is what he instilled. They, me.
1: they just teach it in the world's most brutal fashion. <laughs>
2: exactly. Exactly. And then on top of that, my entire life, I have family members telling me, oh, you have a good dad. He, he loves his kids. You have a good dad. So this is what was pounded into me, you know, ingrained into my to my to my mental, you know, yeah. and then so my wife says that. She's like, have you ever stopped to think about how that affected you, everything that you experienced with him? And I just paused and I said, no, I, I, I didn't. And then, you know, then I had to ask myself some very challenging questions that didn't feel good. Well, why mm-hmm. am I like this? Why why do I find myself in a position of doing things and saying things when I don't want to do and say things for, for people? Mm-hmm. No. Why am I such a people pleaser? Mm-hmm. You know, why do I have this fear? of 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 doing doing certain things it got so bad to the point where i would be sitting in a dentist's office right and the bathroom is a, down the hall it was fear just to get up and go to the bathroom sometimes because i was worried about what people would say or think about me because i was always under the microscope with my father
1: and yeah what
2: i did was wrong and never good enough you know so you know, so, I had to, yeah,
1: what's going to be the ramification of getting up and going to the bathroom without right. invitation or permission? Exactly.
2: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, this is the life I live for And this too. is a
1: grown man. Yes, <laughs> yes. A grown
2: man. Exactly. With these fears about going to the bathroom or, or something similar. But I, I had to ask myself these questions. Well, why am I like this? And I know it doesn't feel good. And then I start, you know, praying about it and, and just going through that process of discovery and
1: now and- now praying always sounds really pretty on its face. Mm-hmm. What did it really sound like?
2: Crying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Crying. <laughs> oh
2: father, why?
1: I don't understand why.
2: Why did I go through these things? Why am I like this? You know, I don't like it. I feel uncomfortable. Why, 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 why? you know, was, was always my question, you know, and I tell you what, the father slowly but surely revealed the wise to me over the years. And I had a better understanding of why I experienced the trauma and the pain and the heartache that I did at such a young age. And I then began to realize that I had to go through that for growth and not only did I have to go through that for growth, but I then had to use my experiences and knowledge and the wisdom that I gained from healing from that to then pay it forward and help others yeah. as well. Which is which is where the where the where the gem is, the, the, the nugget, right? That's yeah. what it's all about. So I, I think in a sense that, you know, I was this this sacrifice, right? So others could benefit. And I think we all go through that, right? Being mm-hmm. a sacrifice.
1: Yeah, in some way or another.
2: Right, right. Absolutely, especially
1: those of us who are in... On a path where we're guided to help.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and you said it guided to help. And there is without shadow of a doubt that um, my purpose here is to to help people because there are a lot of people hurting. And I think I said a bit earlier that every one of us has experienced some form of trauma, whether we realize it or not. And we need that help. And it's so many people out here that don't know what to do, don't know what to turn, that, we're in, that are in the shoes that I was in. Yeah.
1: Them, you know. Well, and and I think there's a fair amount of what to call it trauma comparison. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, my dad never poured boiling oil on my head and left a bald spot. Um, you know, I I didn't have it that bad. It, you know, my mom just never had a good word to say to me.
2: <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good so answer.
1: so what do you what do you say to somebody out there who's going? Well, I mean, I didn't have it that bad.
2: Well, I would, I would challenge them to think of how those, those, uh, those experiences shaped who they are today and look at areas that may need healing or, or improvement in their lives. And then I would then ask them to look at their relationships with those around them, whether it be their parents, their children, their spouse, and their friends, or even people on the job, Mm -hmm. right? you know are are people telling you are are you hearing the same thing from people in regards to okay this is not cool you need to change this area of your life are you taking accountability and responsibility for your life and your behaviors you know i challenge people to pull back those layers pull back that peel that onion to see what's there you know it's, it's very very important it's very important to do that
1: yeah, and it, it's not the quote-unquote size of the trauma or the magnitude of the trauma, it's that it has created a limitation within you. Exactly. It's that you have a wounded spot you're trying to protect And the only way you can move away from trying to protect that wounded spot is to actually allow it to heal.
2: Right. And once you allow it to heal, then I believe we are able to step into our purpose. We are then able to live to our highest potential. And until we take an honest look at that and do the necessary work, we we won't get there. It's like, we'll, we'll leave something on the table. And I think everyone has the ability when they leave this place to say, to themselves, I did it, job well done. I left nothing on the table. Yeah, I went through my challenges in life.
1: I did it all. I
2: conquered it. Yeah. I healed and I gave back to the world, to humanity.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a scary place to be though. And I, I
2: yes, I, I, this good.
1: isn't my saying, someone else, I, I can't give you a proper attribution for this, but it, the quote is everything you want is behind a door labeled fear.
2: Yes, I love that. I absolutely love that, Sophia. And I, I say something similar. I, I say, the Father, God, Universe, whatever, you want, whatever we want to call it. Say, God places the very best things in life on the other side of fear. And I, I tell you what. I guarantee that I'm not a betting man, but if I was a betting man, I would bet I would bet house on it every time I tell you. um, God really does place the very best things in life on the other side of fear. And and that's that has been in my experience. That has been experience of um, people I've helped and uh, other people I know as well. If one is willing to go head on into those challenges, and go through that healing process, go through that self-discovery, look themselves in the mirror and say, okay, what's going on here?
1: Yeah, exactly. Look squarely at your shadow and go, Mm -hmm. where did you come from? What are you about? Yeah. And we, how are you here to serve me?
2: Exactly. Exactly. And I think you talked about the ego um, a, a little while ago. The ego tells us a lot of the time, oh, well, I have it together. I don't need this. I don't need that. You know, but, <laughs> and, and, you know, I don't want to beat up on the ego because we need yeah. our ego. We need well,
1: yeah, it, it is a useful tool. Okay. Yeah. But it, it wants to drive the bus and it needs right. to be in the passenger seat, not driving the bus.
2: Exactly. Well said. Well said. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So how did the – the well, okay, you mentioned you had this pivotal moment where your wife challenged how wonderful your father was. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you've been through quite a bit beyond that. Was there a particular turning point, perhaps a near-death experience you'd like to share with us?
2: Yes. So my near-death experience actually happened when I was about four years old. Oh, okay. Okay, So I was very young, but it wasn't until I became an adult where, to, to when I realized the, the reason or the purpose for that. The the meaning
1: behind it. Yes.
2: Yes, absolutely. So I was about four years old. Um, my mom left out for work in the morning. I was, I wasn't doing well. I was sick. So she, she came in my room, checked on me, kissed me on my forehead, left for work. Um, she was gone probably about 15 minutes, 20 tops. She was driving to work. She realized she forgot something. And this is just divine, right? She forgot something. She comes back, checks on me. My face is purple and my eyes are rolled back. (gasps) back She my head Uh out. Calls my dad. Jesse, Jesse, something's wrong with Justin. So they immediately put me in the car. He drive me down to Children's Hospital. Okay, we walk into Children's Hospital. We are then met by a nurse. My mother said it was a, a Filipino lady, little little Filipino nurse. She looked at me. She felt my head. She felt my chest. She said, he has pneumonia. (gasps) We have to hurry. We have to hurry. We have to hurry. So they immediately take me to the back, cut a hole in my side, stuck a tube up into my lungs and drain the fluid off my lungs. With that, the doctor then said, you know, if it would have been another 30 to 45 minutes, he would not have made it.
1: Oh, wow.
2: I was in the hospital for about two weeks, roughly two weeks at that point. Now, here's the kicker, Sophia. After, you know, I had that, that minor surgery and they drained the fluid off of my lungs. My parents then went looking for the the nurse that met us as soon as we walked in and I, I forgot, forgot her name. Yeah. But my parents described her to the, to the hospital staff and they told her, you know, explaining them what happened. They said, Mr. And Mrs. Williams, there's nobody.
1: Yeah, no, material. she was an earth angel.
2: Yes. Yes. <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh,
1: and do you remember anything from that, that time?
2: The only, you- thing, the only thing I remember is it was about, I don't know, four or five days later, I remember walking down the hall, and passing a toy room where all these toys and kids were in their playing, And I said, oh, I want to go there and play. They said, no, you can't go in there yet. You think it's going to be a few days before you can go, you know, that, but that's the only thing I remember. I don't remember, you know, um, almost checking out or or anything else. I just remember, uh, you know, wanting to go play those toys. And actually, I do remember playing with those toys a few days later. uh,
1: (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) We are up on our second break already, but when we come back, I want to hear your take on why that happened. Okay. And for everyone out there who's joined us today, take a look back on some of the close calls you've had in your life. Because we've all had a few. We've all had opportunities where we could have checked out of this world and kept on going. And take a look at those and see what they meant to you and your life and your mission that you are still here. And hang with us. We'll be right back from the break.
0: Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel.
1: Hey beautiful soul, Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827 and let me know. How has the show supported you? Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renee Morales, and I'm still here with Justin Williams. And before the break, he was telling us about a near-death experience he had when he was four, that much later in his life, he had a realization around why that may have occurred. So we're all on pins and needles. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Well,
2: you know, um, it comes down to one word, purpose. You know, because I had experienced so much trauma, so much chaos and confusion and lived in such a dysfunctional household as a child, I did not have a lot of self-confidence, self-esteem, self-esteem as well. And um, at one point I reflected on that experience when I was four years old and it simply came to me that if it was meant for me to leave this world at four, I would have left this world at four. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: But however, because that did not happen. I just knew there had to be something that God had in store for me. I knew that he kept me here. His plan for me to be here. To do something. And I did not know what that something was. It took me a long time to figure that out, but I knew that I had a purpose here. It was it was as simple as that for me, Sophia. Um and I'm And,
1: so- and was it a head knowledge or was it a, a a physical all the way through your being knowledge that you had oh, a purpose? W-
2: without doubt physical all through my being knowledge. Um even though I, you know, was not doing or even though I was doing certain things before my son was born, hanging out, I always kept what I like to think of as a close relationship with God, talking to God, praying to God. Even though I had got away from going to church because I was one of those kids who went to church several days a week, <laughs> but <laughs> I had yeah, got we away from
1: we my... discussed that commonality <laughs> too. Yes. yes,
2: yes, yes. But it's it's that all knowing that we that we receive you know, at at various points in our life, when you, you just know certain things because it lives within you and it speaks to your spirit. And it, it, it tells you that, Hey, it's okay. I have you, I'm taking care of you and I have something for you, for you to do. And that's, that is what I felt throughout my entire being, if you will. It's just, it's just a knowing, a knowing, a very strong knowing.
1: Yeah, I I remember after my own near-death experience <laughs> and my awakening, having a real visceral understanding that I was here for a purpose. But it was frustrating to me in a lot of ways because mentally I had no clue what that was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did did you experience that sort of situation as well? It's like, okay, I know, I profoundly know, but I don't know what.
2: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You know, for me, with me for the longest, I was all about, you know, securing this great job, moving my way up into the, the corporate, uh, making a lot of money. Um, you know, providing for my family for that. And, you know, I've had, you know, great careers. I've been everything from a, from a a financial planner to um, being a a laboratory supervisor and, you know, all these other things, you know. Um, However, I then learned, it came a time when I learned that that is, that is not for me, you know, that is not Mm -hmm. for me to, to go down that path. That, That wasn't, you know, I, I thought that was going to be my success or my purpose, right? Yeah, <laughs> we, we, exactly. VP <laughs> one day or something like that. But the father said, "No, no, 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 no,
1: no, no, no." no. That no. that's all well and good. You got yeah. some useful tools out of that, but we got something else.
2: <laughs> we got something
1: else for you, exactly. And I, how did how did that show up for you initially? Because I know a lot of times it it's not like this grand re- revelation under the Bodhi tree. Oh, this is what you yeah. are here to do. A lot of times it's it's small steps than that
2: yeah yeah so for me it was it, it began in 2020 you know about two years ago where I was on furlough from my job like millions of other Americans or millions of other people around the world for that matter and I, I then was introduced to to meditation ah. you know, Begin. I began meditating I began learning about uh, archangels I began learning about spirituality I began learning about self about Mm -hmm. the powers that live within each and every one of us. I learned about manifestation, you know, and going through that process or experiencing that journey brought me even closer to God. Hey, I thought I loved God prior and I thought I was close to God before. No, I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, start
1: meditating and then yes. you'll discover what close to God actually yes, is. <laughs> exactly.
2: And one of the biggest things I learned is that that God lives within me for the longest because I was raised the way I was programmed. I believe that God was this, this out out there. Out there. Yeah, yeah. out there that that you know that I could have access to when, when I prayed or or or, or, or taught to him in any way, shape, or form. But then I come to learn that no the, the father is within
1: absolutely I have the father that they don't really tell you the ramifications of what omnipresent actually yes. is, do they? they? <laughs> no, they do not. It, no, it, do it not. means you you be God. Right. <laughs> he's, he's in there and just yes. like he's in the desk and your dog and your wife and yes. the vegetables on your plate.
2: <laughs> exactly, so well said. And, and once I learned that, Sylvia, that was, that was life-changing for me. I said, "Wow, I'm I'm this powerful man. This part? Po- no, no, not man. I'm this powerful spirit, really. That yes. that, can, that that has the ability to to help people and to to serve and to do these wonderful things that I've been called to do in my life. This this, this and this
1: life. amazing stuff, even that we call miracles.
2: Yes, 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 yes. yes. Absolutely. I, and it, it didn't matter that I was broken." as a child. It didn't matter that my spirit was broken. It didn't matter the amount of abuse and trauma I experienced as a child or, or or the things that I did in my past, in my, in my teens and in my, my young adulthood that, that did not matter. Cause that, that is, that is gone. the only thing that now mattered in my life is now what decisions am I making now? What type of mindset do I have now Mm. that will help me continue to step into my purpose and do the father's work. That's all that mattered to me. And, you know, I tell you one thing, and I know we talked about this before in 2016, I asked the father, I I asked him for truth and he said, nothing is as it seems. So seemingly I was this, this broken person and, and this person who couldn't, you know, do the things that I do now. And that, 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 you know, when fear was talking to me, that was seemingly Mm -hmm. that, but that, that, that wasn't truth. That wasn't truth at all. The truth is that I went through those things for a reason to discover my purpose and to discover my truth and then to step in that and to then pay it forward and then be an obedient child of the most high father.
1: And I I love the word discover my truth, because if someone told you, you would not believe it. Right. You have oh. to discover and uncover it for mm-hmm. yourself.
2: Yes. Yes. And you're right. I would not have believed it. No, not me. I'm not capable of, of starting a podcast. I'm not capable of writing a book. I'm not capable of doing all these other things that I've been very fortunate to do. No, not, not just, no, no, I don't want that attention. I don't want to put my voice out here in the world like that. I because don't That's want live-
1: dangerous. You yes. raised to believe yes. that was dangerous. Exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was the spirit of my father saying, no, you can't do it. No, you're not good enough. No, you better not. You don't, don't have my approval, mm-hmm. you know, and I learned to not listen to that. I learned to take control of those, uh those fears, those emotions and, and say, look, I'm in control now. My father doesn't run my life. I That's run right. my yeah. life. I am guided by the true spirit of the most high God. I'm the, guided by the spirit of truth, the spirit of liberation, the spirit of freedom. And I move forward in that. And my life has been completely different. I could have, you know, I tell people all the time, my life could have turned out much worse. It could have um, turned out much worse. It well, was we could
1: have seen you on the news, right, with the mug the- the- shot and the whole yes. business, right? Yes, yeah.
2: Yes, definitely. And like a lot of guys, I I knew at that I knew at the time they they wound up on the news or they wound yeah. up, yeah. You know, but that wasn't my calling. I made the decision to do different and to be better. I made the decision to fulfill my. My greatest human potential.
1: Yes, know. and I, I think that's where a calling becomes a vocation, mm, right? Exactly. Because we are all called, but not all of us choose to heed that call.
2: Yes, that is so true. Because it's, it's, it's hard. It is very fearful. It is. It's, it's again, it's that unknown, right?
1: Yeah. What and, are people going to
2: say? What are people going to think? How am I going to do this?
1: <laughs> yeah, be indifferent and, and risk. What if it all goes sideways, right? Yes. Yeah.
2: Right, right, right. But I came to realize, and I, I'll say, I said it before and I'll say it a million times again, the, the very best things in life are on the other side of fear. I, I face that fear and life is much different. And, and that is what I now help other people do. Yeah. Face those fears. So,
1: Justin... How do you start facing your fears? Do you take on the biggest, scariest monster in the room?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes it calls for that. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, you know, I, I think the, the, one of the biggest things to do, which helped for me, is I always recommend people to start meditating. You know, uh, and I,
1: a, I will second that yes. uh, very vigorously, um, not just because of the amazingness that meditation and self-hypnosis has done for my life, I think of them as kind of flip sides of the same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> because yeah. You're, you're in that theta state, you're talking to your subconscious mind in the language yeah. that it understands, mm-hmm. whether it's from the meditation state or from hypnosis, which is generally guided with another person who holds space for you. And I, I think it is the most amazing space you can go to change this shit that you've been working on so hard with your conscious mind and it's not going anywhere. Yes.
2: And, And for me, I started that meditation and then things just started to fall in place. Realizing about self, realizing more and understanding more about the father. It, it, it's just the, the perfect, the perfect journey started with meditation. It really, yeah. it really did. And, and just standing up to fear and taking control of fear. And, 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 you know, along with changing my mindset, uh, you know, I, I'm really big on doing my I am's. Um, I, I, work with crystals. I have two vision boards in my room. Yeah. Um, I,
1: and, and I love the I am's right. Because, We'll go back to scripture. (laughs) We may as well go there. It does serve some purpose from time to time. One of the names of God is I Am.
2: Yes, it is. And
1: when you invoke I Am, you are invoking the quality that follows that always. Yes. So share with us what are some of your I Am's, Justin?
2: I Am powerful. I Am a true child of the Most High God. I am successful. I am a helper. I am at peace. I am full of knowledge. I am full of wisdom. I am full of liberation and freedom. I am protected. I am a go getter. I'm a fear fighter. I'm a spiritual warrior. I am great. I am excellence.
1: I I love the fear fighter. I could just like <laughs> the firefighter uniform with the hat and all of that. Only as his fear fighter,
2: <laughs> uh-huh. and one I really love, Sophia. I am comfortable being uncomfortable.
1: I love that because you are protected and you are a fear fighter. Yes. That is Absolutely. a beautiful beautiful thing. I think I will take that as your words of wisdom here because we're winding down <laughs> on the show. Uh, what is the best way for someone if they're moved to reach out to you?
2: Well, um, I have my website thehiddengateway.com. I also have email support at thehiddengateway.com as well. Um, those are the two best ways to get in contact. I have a, you know, so I'm on all the social media platforms to IG, Facebook, Twitter, Hidden Gateway. Um, so I would love for people to reach out to me. I, I have have my, my weekly podcast as well. I, I do a lot of work uh, for the homeless here in the, uh, the Phoenix area, too. So you can, you can catch me on Tangella.com or Fund for Empowerment.
1: Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. It has been a pleasure. And thank you to all the listeners out there who joined us here today. We do this show for you to support you on your journey. And I love to hear from my listeners. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Share with me what you love about the show, what you'd like to see different, who you'd like to see on. I'm open to all all the things, good, bad, neutral. It's all in service of improving my service to you. And until next week, oh, wait, you can reach me at Sophia at transformationspace.co. And that's Zofia, Z-O-F-I-A. AskZofia at transformationspace.co. And until next week, go out,